When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, traders and investors. Are you guys ready for another round of pre-market prep, the number one morning show to get you guys ready for the trading action? Let's dive into today's topic. We're going to talk a lot about what's going on right now in all these earnings. We'll talk about what happened with Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. We'll take a look at what the Fed talk out there and what you guys should be watching. It looks like it's going to be a Fed talk kind of day. Uh, concerns on consumer credit. We'll take a look at some layoffs in Robinhood. Then we'll get into all the earnings. We got a lot to talk about. We might not be able to get through all of them, but I got like 10 earnings reports to knock out here. And of course, we do have economic data today. Service PMIs at 945. Factory orders at 10 a.m., everybody's watching also the treasury yields we'll see what happened we got another special guest like always we got jonathan corpina from marian uh cap uh equity partners ready to dive on into today's show welcome to it guys pre-market prep coming to you live from downtown detroit this is benzinga's pre-market prep with your host joel conan this is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, all my lovely bots out there from my man Elon and from my man Joel. Let's bring them on here. Joel Conan, Dennis Dick. Let's get it started. Welcome to the market that at least, like Joel says, this thing doesn't want to go down, at least for right now. And it doesn't want to certainly go up either. We are working our way into it trading range and oh what way are we gonna go are we gonna oh, that's a, look how tight that uh i do have my screen share up look how tight that little channel is man for four days 40 80 to 41 45 just hovering near the highs and what's gonna happen we're gonna find and not i don't even know if we're gonna find out today because we're stuck back in the middle of the range, pre-market low down at 48450. That's a good number. We know we got three other lows in that area. And then on the upside, what more could you ask for than a triple top? And if you want to include the uh June 9th high, you got a quad top. So let's see that let the market work its way out of this congestion period. Uh crude coming down to 9250. That's where it should bounce. It has up a buck 54, 95, 91. Gold in the red by 870. That was a big old rally for gold. Uh, that's at 1781.80. Silver trying to stay in the 20 handle, down 11 cents at 20.02. Bitcoin just moseying its way up here, up 455 at 23.455. And that's Ethereum futures, which I may not even 
given anymore. They're up $30.50 and 1669.50. Well, Dennis, I mean, sometimes, you know, the market just takes a little breather, huh? And that's what it's doing here. It can't make up its mind. What What's going to shake us out of these doldrums, out of this well, trading range? Well, it's the battle between the bulls and the bears. And obviously, we have lots more information coming. We've had some earnings coming in. Um, you know, it's going to be like, I, I do think we're going to get a rug pull here eventually. And I do think it's going to be from China. Uh, but we don't know the timing of that. And right now, there's still FOMO. FOMO is running rampant. You can look right to, I know we're going to go out of order here, Mitch, but, you know, just the way the conversation flows sometimes. <laughs> so you know, we just go with those. flow. We have, like, an order, but if it flows this way or flows this way, the order changes. And, you know, my train of thought just took me. When you have the dash for trash, when you get the dash for I know, trash, that, that's jumping in. The trash I mean, that's showing you the FOMO. People are now scared to not be in this market. And big days yesterday for AMC again. Obviously, a lot of this being driven by this HKD stock, which we touched yesterday. Just, you know, craziness. It was $900. I said, who knows where this thing goes? I think it ends badly, but it could go to 2000 It didn't go to 2000 It went to 2500 Became the 11th most valuable company in the world. Joel, the 11th most valuable company in the world. I know. I saw it. Time. That's how crazy this market is. I mean, we know how the story ends, but who knows the path to get there? The thing's trading with 100-point spreads, so eventually there's a rug pull there too, but who knows? It could go to 5,000. I said it has to go to, it could go anywhere. So it can just do whatever the heck it wants. Maybe it wants to be the most valuable company in the world. It shows how, you know, there's just these pockets of irrational exuberance and just craziness. And now, I mean, we're, we saw it yesterday. You know, with AMC starting, Bed Bath & Beyond had a pretty good day yesterday. You're starting to see that dash for trash. Typically, the dash for trash comes late in the move, though. And you were saying this too, Joel. It comes, we've had the big move. We had all the guns, the mega caps, the growth stocks. have all had 25 30% rallies in July. You know, 9% for the SPY. But individual stocks, like I was talking the Square I bought, I think I'm up 23% or something in my Square. I bought it two weeks ago. So, I mean, these are big moves in stocks. So and then you get like, okay, what hasn't gone yet? Or, you know, or, oh, I'm going to get rich on AMC again. Now that's going to be, I mean, that's the mentality. So the FOMO is fully back on. In order for the market to correct, you got to break the FOMO. You know, it's got to be, and Bullard's talking on CNBC, it's got to be some Fed speak. But what would really break the FOMO is a rug pull from China. We don't know what they're going to do yet, obviously, with the Pelosi visit. So we and just it's gonna, a lot of topics all in two minutes, Mitch. We're flying it's gonna, today. It, we'll let Mitch bring it in. But the, the <laughs> thing with the China is that it's going to happen overnight, right? Oh, yeah. it, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be, you're going to be waking up and the spoos are going to be down 100, right? I mean, it's, you're not yep. going to, you know, and... That, you know, it's it's hard to position yourself for something like that. And it's also to, uh, you know, ha- make that um, overtake your, you know, your long-term investment philosophy. But uh, all right, Mitch, but bring you can us adjust in. on your long-term investment philosophy. You can always True. separate. I mean, if you want, and again, I'm just going to say, if you're a full-time trader, you should be somewhat actively managing your investments. I mean, you can separate and you don't have to do that. But, uh, you know, what, what, if you're extracting alpha from the day trading, like I am from the day trading, swing trading time horizon, why not try to extract some alpha from the long-term portfolio as well? So that's why I, I fluctuate, you know. And when I'm really, really bullish, I'm probably down to like 10% cash. When I'm really, really bearish, I'm up to 50 or 60% cash. I'm sitting here. I was getting, you know, down to 30. So I'm like getting, you know, I'm still not out of the woods. I'm still a little bit bearish, but I want to be some more stocks. 
I'm still selling stocks into the strength here right now. I've been raising up cash again because I feel there's going to be a China rug pull. I might be wrong. Maybe we continue up forever. It's why I never go 100% cash. Maybe China was just bluffing and they're going to do absolutely nothing. I find that hard to believe. I think there's going to be some repercussions. I think they're going to come suddenly. I just don't know the timing of that. Well, how will China react to Pelosi's visit? Well, we saw they uh, hit Taiwan with some more trading curves amid, of course, the tensions that are going on here. Uh, there was, of course, the sand exports banned, fruit imports suspended, and some fish also uh, being banned. They tried to blame, uh, I saw COVID being mentioned in there that supposedly they opened a package of fr- a frozen fish and it had COVID in it. Well, There you guys see it. They're trying to uh, hit Taiwan on the trading curves and kind of trade hits for right now. We'll see if this actually uh, kind of goes into something bigger, right? I think that's what everyone's watching. I don't think this is the important thing. But Pelosi did pledge that the U.S. wouldn't abandon Taiwan, reaffirming American support. And so it's going to get interesting from here. I mean... There's still the potential that we have a full-fledged invasion into Taiwan here, too. There's a lot of wild cards, a lot of unknowns. But, you know, if you think this was, you know, okay, these were the repercussions. They're putting some, you know, some sanctions or some, you know, trading curbs on on, on Taiwan, you know, what you were just saying. You know, not going to let them bring in the mackerel or whatever fish they have. I mean, this is not. You know, this is just the, the little, you know, tip of the iceberg here. Mm-hmm. There's going to be, there's no, there's no way she gives a warning like that to Biden. And doesn't follow through with something against the U.S. So I don't think it's going to be in like a physical fight. I don't think we're going to war. I think it's going to be in, in the trade front of it. I think, you know, like we got the supply chain issues is what I think is going to happen. We've had supply chain issues. We know China is a big cause behind our supply chain issues. Every time they close up for COVID for three, four days, it affects our supply chain. Well, they could intentionally affect our supply chain now. I mean, in a worst case scenario, they could just, you know, slow down, you know, shipments to the U.S. altogether. We'd have some empty stores. Everything comes from China. So there's a lot of ways that China can make it really difficult on the U.S. without, like, firing a missile and shooting down a plane. So that's Let's... a scary thing. There's going to be a rug pull here eventually. But I don't know if it's imminent. I don't know if it's a month from yeah, now. No way. It's so the one. timing of that, nobody knows. But there is something that's going to happen, you know. And the problem is when you look at the big picture here, you really like we're really getting to a point where it seems like all of Asia is just not liking the U.S. whatsoever now. You know, China has always there's always been some tough relations there, but we know Russia's full on hates the U.S. North Korea is just going to go with whatever you know because they're doing their own thing up there. Um, and now we we're like starting a war with China as well. It doesn't add up to like new all time highs in the market. It just doesn't add up to me. And we've had such a rally back. I mean, some of my stocks, you know, rallied 15, 20, 30 percent in July. I'm a fool if I don't take some of those gains and then I get the China rug pull. Well, so I, if I'll we go to all time highs, awesome. But yeah, I don't think that, 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 I don't that, think it adds that, up. That, that, I think you high scenario. I can't what you need to be now. watching for is talk like today. Look out for the Fed talk out there. Uh, Bullard on right now. I, I heard it was on CNBC. He was, yeah. uh, he's stating that, uh, of course, that the central bank needs to keep hiking rates and control inflation. He says that I think inflation has come in hotter than what I would have expected during the second quarter. 
And now that it has happened, I think we're going to have to go a little bit harder than what I said before. Um, that came from Bullard. Of course, yesterday's comment from San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly, uh, also saying that the central bank was nowhere near done with its fight to cool inflation. We also have today Philadelphia Fed President Patrick Harker addressing audience at 10 a.m. And then you'll get Richmond Fed President Tom Barkin at 11.45 a.m. Eastern. So it's a Fed day. Watch out, guys. The silver lining market, though, will find the reason to buy stocks. It's like until I, I think we're going to climb this wall of worry until we get the China rug pull. I really do. I don't think the market's scared of the Fed anymore. I think the market thinks inflation's peaked. And you know what? I'm with the market. If we didn't have, let's set up the whole scenario and take China out of the equation. If we didn't have, you know, this whole, you know, new situation with China, you know, that's come to roost here or going mm -hmm. to come to roost. I would be long stocks because I believe inflation has peaked as well. I'm the one that said it three weeks ago, for crying out loud, four weeks ago. I'm the one that came out and said I'm buying stocks, and everybody called me an idiot. And now they're all saying, oh, yeah, now we got to buy well, stocks. Well, I, I didn't think they, they didn't call you an idiot. I'm going to be on the camp, too. A lot of people you on thought Twitter did. <laughs> you, know, you thought inflation peaked earlier than it did. It still no. hasn't essentially peaked into data. Yeah, but so, that's the that, you gotta uh, you, if you're waiting for the data, if you're waiting you're for thirty percent, you, yeah, you're stocks. missing. Yeah, I mean, we, I I tried to go through this peaked. exercise before. You know, look at crude pulling off highs. Look at yeah. the third month, you know, monthly uh, red I'm candle. I'm still in the camp. Your commodities have back, come though, down. Right? Look at twelve eighty sure wheat natural. I mean, the 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 proof is in the pudding here, you're, right? The proof is in with the commodities and what the commodities are telling you also have backwardation in the crude. So they're not, you know, the Goldman Sachs comes out with their 130, 135 call. Well, the guys that are swinging hundreds of thousands of contracts are figuring lower prices. So you're right. The, the inflation, I mean, the inflation thing is one thing. But the China thing is, you know, and we can get the inflation data. We can see it, right? We can we can see it with our own eyes. The same with China. You just, it, you know, it, it, it's a it's a really big unknown. And when I look at the market here, and I'm looking at the spoos right now, and they're just like, they're not worried about China right now. No, nope, not at nope, all. Nothing nope, at all. Nope, There's nope. no fear in this market. No fear right now. Just the fear the of missing out, Joel. There's only FOMO in this market right now. So well, that, that's a bull case scenario. And there is the scenario. So here's what's setting up. If we don't get the China rug pull, we're going to go higher. And you know why? Because that next CPI report, Joel, is going to show inflation coming in. It's in this next one. I'm saying it's in this next much, one. The CPI is coming down. So, right. And the market is going to applaud that. So your all-time high scenario, I'll give you the scenario. I was saying there isn't one. There is. The all-time high scenario is China does nothing about the Pelosi trip, literally nothing. Inflation starts to come in ch into check, which it's going to do. We're actually, it's following the path that I laid out on this show. We can see it in the data. We can talk about that in one second with credit card uh, balances rising the most in 20 years. Um, so, so you can see that eventually here, if the, there's no China rug pull, there's just so much fear that you could go to all-time highs. The CPI comes in, uh, people just get the yeah. FOMO going. It's oh, a scenario. There's a possibility. Know. Yeah, I'm I, not yeah. with that. Okay. I sold stocks yesterday, so I'm not with that because I think the China rug pull comes, and I think it opens a whole new can of worms in the supply chain. That's what I think is going to happen. 
that's my own thought process. So I don't even think that inflation is the issue because what happens if the supply chain gets all screwed up again from China, maybe intentionally, is inflation does start to come back up to Mitch's point. So there's That's a lot of I'm different about. balls we're juggling here. A, a slight peak of inflation followed by another ramp in inflation. That's what I'm concerned about. The ramp will um, come but let's if the talk supply about... chain gets screwed up. Before we do, the I, ramp I, will I like, come I, I like if that Laura's, supply chain gets screwed up again. I like Laura's it, it comment. I like Laura's, Laura's comment, comment in the chat. And Laura's comment in the chat is right now the market is telling you that they like what Pelosi did. Right now. That is that is the message. I don't right think now. It's not scared. Yeah, it's not scared yeah. of what we well, you know. We did. let uh, look at that. You know, we uh, we sat back and we let Russia just go into Ukraine and we didn't do anything, right? And now we got a big old problem on our hands. So hey, maybe we're just not going to you know stand by idle and you know. What and, happens you, if China does go through and invade Taiwan? What happens to the market? Kapow! Uh, I, I think kapow so. to our market. Kapow to their market. Kapow to the K- world global markets. Kapow to all the markets. Yeah. All right. Exactly. So let's talk about and, the and, concern. And that's because you think you got a chip shortage now. Wait till China gets a hold of what? all those chips. Well, what do we about... do? Do we, do we defend it? Do we go in? They're not a NATO country. I don't think we're coming in with our <laughs> army to defend it. I think oh, it's a whole other Ukraine where we'll give some sanctions. We'll discourage it. But I don't think we're going in there and fighting I... them. Well, we already have So that's that. a possibility, too. So there's a lot of potential rug pulls. So what we'll say right now, there are potential rug pulls. It doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be any rug pulls, and maybe China doesn't pull any of them. But China's got the rug, and they can decide right now whether they want to pull it or not. They've got some power over there. Don't kid yourself. But let's move in. So the consumer credit, which I just touched on, you can give us some stats here, Mitch, and then I got some comments, obviously, there, too. Yeah, credit card Face the nation. We should change the name from pre-market prep to face the nation. Face the world right now. We're talking (laughs) the entire world. world. I know. Credit card balances. We're getting in in a little bit over our head. So let's go to what we know. What we do. That's this, our job. I mean, this is I know, exactly. We got to talk about it over our my desk. Concern for the swim. consumer credit swim. here, guys. I'm not as good a uh, swimmer as Joel, but I can swim. Credit card balances rose 13% <laughs> in job, second Mitch. quarter of 2022, notching the largest year-over-year increase in more than 20 years. This is coming from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. And an additional 233 million new credit card accounts were opened in the quarter. Of course, the most since when? The financial crisis, right? The 2008. So uh, not a good sign, at least for the consumer credit. Let's rewind the tape to the last three weeks, which I've probably said this 10 times. The path to hit the consumer with higher rates is the first thing they do is they sell off the toys. The second thing they do is they rack up the credit card debt. Well, we just saw the credit card debt rise the most in 20 years. So that is working. It's showing that the Fed's plan is working. The other thing is, they're definitely not buying the toys. Look at Big Five Sports Goods earnings, BGFV. Look at this one. Look at their projections. So if you want to talk about, you know, not buying toys, obviously BGFV selling all the outside toys. Miss, miss, and then the guidance. Supposed to make $0.22 next quarter to $0.32 versus $0.89. This is not the place to put your money in the toys. People are not, they don't have the discretionary income to buy the toys. That's what's happening. So I think it's following the Fed's path, which is good news. That's good news, actually, because it's showing that eventually inflation will start to come in from lack of demand. They're killing demand intentionally, and we're starting to see it, and the consumer is going to start to get strapped. 
and that will kill demand. It doesn't happen on the first interest rate hike. It doesn't happen because you go up a full base, you know, a full hundred basis points. It happens over the course of time. It hap- it takes time. It doesn't matter if you go up five hundred basis points. Maybe you won't make, make the first payments. So maybe that would work. But I mean, it it doesn't just happen because consumers are just all of a sudden out of money. They've got to slowly get it taken away from the higher rates, from the higher mortgage payment, from you know touching here, and and that's what's going to happen, and that is what is happening. So that's the good news, and this is why I do believe the CPI data is going to show a reduction in this month. And if we didn't have China, I would be long, fully long right now. But I'm scared of China. And All what? Right. But what if they're they're taking out the credit card loans and they're mm-hmm. buying stocks? They're not, they're, Joel. They're getting well, rich. No, they're, they're buying the NFTs, doesn't add up. Joel. Joel, it's NFTs, man. It's NFTs. They're not, they're, <laughs> I they're NFTs. a little facetious All of that stuff. there. It doesn't add up. a little facetious there. Okay. It doesn't um, add up. But they're, yeah, they're, I, I will call to concerns if you guys are thinking about doing things like that. Just like always, we're not giving financial advice. Oh, I, I, that was a traders. joke. Come on. That was a big time joke. <laughs> it, that was you never joke. know, Joel. Someone might be listening to this and not been able to see you. Actually, a guy from Benzinga. Remember when he wrote that article, Dennis? <laughs> exactly. That's not this is that. No, but he was like how you should mortgage your house. and uh, Buy NFTs? It, no, 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 no. This was back even when oh we, were gosh, the old, Joel, we were in the old office. We were in the old office. I hope he got fired. <laughs> I, I can't remember who it was. He ended up going on CNBC too. Yeah, uh, you were talking. I do remember that. That was, it was a long mortgage time the ago. house to buy stocks. Yes. Well, <laughs> I heard Michael Saylor sailed off, but let's not get into that conversation. Okay, yeah, Michael Saylor. About... No, we want to get no, into that no, conversation. Dennis, no, it. no, Go, no. We're going no. out of order. We're off the rails. This show is off the rails. It's Ozzy Osbourne's crazy train today. We're so off the So what happens rails. when you have a Dennis no Dick and a Money Mitch in one show? It's just. You did that one. You the one that mentioned Sailor. That wasn't even on the list. Get the Sailor out. He's gone. He's leaving. He steps down? He He said he's going to just hang out with his Bitcoin. He said, I'm sailing out here. He's building Uh, his Bitcoin house and living in his Bitcoin, you know, part or or, and and eating his Bitcoin food. He's 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 out. He doesn't need MSTR, he has Bitcoin. Deuces and mimosas. That's what I'll say. Uh, he said, I, I like mimosas over Bitcoin, and I'm out of here. Um, so, yeah, he stepped down. Um, it's, it's funny because it <laughs> dropped pretty big in the after hours because of that mention, but it's recovering here at the 280s. We'll see if it's able to hold that level there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That is. That the is. sign of concern in Bitcoin is through the roof. I, I think if you're thinking this is the bottom in the Bitcoin winter, I'm not in that camp. I'm. Still what are you thinking? thinking? Where, Mitch? Give I, me your Bitcoin. At least two more years of negative catalyst coming from this. There's still going to be more companies that I think blow up from this. MSTR could be one of those that could. Oh, blow up from MSTR! This. If Bitcoin goes to like ten thousand, <laughs> MSTR is in a world. Of That's pain. why I'm saying be careful. World I'm not in that camp, pain. but I'm going to definitely avoid get seeing the pain, and I'll wait till it dies down. The same thing I'm waiting for the market. Let's get out of this. Let's uh, do a quick mention of OPEC plus uh, output boosting by 100,000 barrels a day. That's just a drop in the bucket of probably what's needed to really help the supply issues for the U.S. Of course, we'll continue to see how oil develops today to see if oil gets a spike or not. Let's take a quick look at the futures. Joel. Yeah, they're, they're popping. They're, they're popping. popping. There you yeah. go. Yeah, a lot I mean, of this based on the fact that at the 100,000 barrels isn't enough to catch up with the supply that's needed. Yeah. I mean, it's lot the the bulls, the bulls are firmly in control here, 9250. 
uh, came down here just a tad below it, just above it here. You hit it the last two days. You're actually knocking on the door of yesterday's high right here, 96.47. So interesting. It's just, it's spending, you know, another thing technically is though it has, except for this high here, the rebounds have been, uh, they've been lower highs, but uh, we'll see. Up a buck seventy-two today. Uh, keep an eye on ninety-six forty-nine because things open up after that uh, for a couple bucks. But that's the way. That's the way crude trades. All right, let's finally get into these earnings that everybody wants to hear yeah. about. First one up, of course, the favorite that is AMD. Let's talk yeah. about it here. Adjusted EPS coming in at a dollar five cents. Hold on, let me get this rolling through the bottom. It takes up too much of the screen there. Uh, EPS coming in here at a dollar and five cents, beating the dollar and three cent estimate. Sales at six point five five billion, beating the six point five three billion estimate. AMD sees Q three sales at a low end of six point five billion to six point nine billion on the high end. The estimate was about six point eight two, so raising that higher end uh, there, but the lower end there, of course, coming below that estimate. So they just gave you that range, and they see full year twenty twenty two sales at twenty six billion. A uh, high end of twenty six point six billion when the expectation was twenty six point one eight. So really not off too much from the guidance there, but they did put a lower end there. Okay, full disclosure: I sold more of my AMD right before the print. I was like, "Am I going through the print? Am I not going through the print?" I've just watched my entire AMD holdings, you know, go from seventy dollars, and we know I bought more at seventy six, and I sold that um, the extra stock that I bought. I sold a little bit of my other stock as well. Um, at $99 yesterday, right two two minutes right before the close because I didn't feel like going through the print with it all. Still have a still have a piece. I will. I do want to reload. I do want to rebuy AMD at a certain point in time. I do believe people could come in and buy the dip on this here today too. Mm. But again, my main catalyst here is I'm worried about the whole China situation. Although you know, if, if obviously we get an invasion in Taiwan, that could be actually a catalyst here. So there's a lot of different things to think about. A lot of balls to juggle there. But AMD is a loved stock. I think this has the potential to get bought this dip. I am long, still a little bit of AMD, but it's been a big run too. So, and it's not a cheap stock. It, it, yeah, you, you've done a nice job wiggling out it because I well, know I was you dead wrong it. with I my know. original purchases. I was buying obviously before I, you know, the world was imploding here, at least, you know, before we had this huge sell off. And, yeah. and I, my second purchase was good. You know, the second purchase, the I never frowned average down, Kathy style. I got pretty, I get the, at the second one on the head, I think it was 76 bucks that I bought. So that brought my average cost basis down substantially to turn this, you know, losing trade, you know, almost into a winning trade overall. So, yeah, um, and it wasn't a trade. It was still long term investment, which I've still got some shares. So I don't plan on getting rid of AMD. I want to hold some shares, but I had to an oversized position after the second purchase. So I brought it down to a normal size position. Now it's an undersized position. Forty percent rally off they, the low. Just just a huge rally. I'm, Forty. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm selling the rally. Yeah. If you, the if you think about it, I mean, no matter you know, almost you almost feel like no matter what they would have done, this thing. I mean, after rallying forty percent, uh, you know, off the low, getting back to triple digits yesterday. Uh, this yeah. is a tough one. Throughout the high, throughout the low, I don't think we're going back to 90, and I don't think we're going back over 100. Uh, I think Triple D, if you want to be super patient on this one, uh, maybe pick this up 86, 87, something like that. Like, you know, let them pound it for a couple days, come into this 85, double bottom at 85, and then that's also the 50% retracement. 
things cool off a little bit and then build another base for another 30 point rally. Hey, well, uh, I did want to mention that a lot of people were kind of confused on why AMD came down here. And I will mention that this earnings season, at least for me, has definitely been illogical. Like if you All try right. to make logic to the earnings, no. you're going to be ending up scratching your head a lot of the times and you wondering be, what happened. To your point, Mitch, fantastic point. You could be like an insider and have, have the, the entire numbers, report. Have yeah. the entire report before it gets released and gets your butt kicked. That's yeah. how weird so. this earnings season has been because there has been misses and significant rallies on misses and there has been beats and significant sell-offs on beats. It has been one of those earnings season where expectations have driven the bus. We always talk about what's driving the bus. It is earnings expectations driving the bus. And the expectations for so many stocks in the middle of July was in the gutter. Now those expectations have started to come up a little bit. Like you, to your mm -hmm. point, Joel, AMD 40% rally off the lows. I mean, okay, well, now they beat and beat, and it's like, oh, they're selling off, but they beat. Well, they, 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 were they buying Google last week and yeah. it missed. Big that's why difference I, between now and two weeks ago. That's why I stated also in my tweet out there, I said, know the environment you're in when your stock is reporting is probably 10 times even more important than the actual numbers that are, get reported, the, especially when we're in an environment like this where the market is essentially driving a lot of the stocks. Uh, let's go towards PayPal's earnings now. This one's interesting here. Uh, reporting a beat and a beat here at 93 cents, beating the 86 cent estimate. Sales at 6.8 billion, beating the 6.78 billion estimate. Sees full year sales at 27.85 billion versus the 28.18 billion estimated here. They did raise their full year EPS guidance to $3.87 on the low end to $3.97. On the high end, the expectation was at $3.85. Should we just like buy whatever Elliot buys when it gets mentioned? I mean, the first at least for day, right now, it holy, seems like is Elliot hotter than Buffett? I mean, Elliot is just monstrous right now, Joel. I know long term Joel doesn't like Elliot, but and you're on mute. But holy mackerel, we we found out that Elliot bought PayPal. What when? Like a week and a half ago, and the stock was eighty bucks. 76 bucks i think it was when it came out and it popped like 81 that day and then we had the pullback afterwards that was such a buying opportunity and now boom 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 pinterest paypal elliot has turned very hot here joel joel he's muted, muted. Joel. i tried this. to let him know in the chat, but that's okay joel does a mute trick he used to do it like once every show and he does it once a week now so he's yeah. getting better uh he is. He's on fire. The, I mean, the only thing, the initial surges, like, I, well, the Western Digital, he hasn't been so hot on, but the, the pins, I mean, you talk about having the report, right? And knowing what's going on, well, you didn't know Elliot was going to come in, right? And, yeah. uh, you know, announce that stake. Uh, PayPal. Well, we uh, did. No, we, we knew Elliot like three days before. Though, we, he knew it, but, it. Uh, yeah. but didn't he add more, did he add more to they it? Said, they said they came and said they're the biggest shareholder now. And that yeah, was what okay. it was. Yeah, yeah. So they did that again. Yeah. Uh, you know, here's the stock. I just think you're getting a normalization uh, in this stock, right? You had your pandemic low. And yeah. then why the heck did we go over 300? Everyone's, you know, and then oh, it just, it, it came in and it just came into a reasonable valuation, much yeah. lower expectations. Yeah. Um, and now it's just, you know, it's going to perhaps be a little bit more of a, a, a smoother uh, earning curve. Uh, 102, I was looking at this thing last night and I'm like, I, 
Like, where's the resistance? I'll just give you this 102, the pre-market high. Seems to be stalling here a little bit. On the dailies, you don't have much there. Yeah, I guess you got a high. I go 101.95, 102, because that's the pre-market high. But if you're looking for more, uh, your April 19th high was just under 105. Where to buy the when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This on a pullback, I will leave that to Mitch and Dennis. I I think the you know you can and hindsight capital is twenty twenty, like but as much as the ARKK twenty twenty two low is in the PayPal twenty twenty two low is in, so now it's a matter of you get pullbacks. You're right, Joel. This became a it was a growth stock with an unreasonable valuation. It sold enough enough that it became a value stock with a reasonable. Believe valuation. it or not, I mean they were even moving it around in the S and P indexes. I believe weren't weren't they on the? Oh one? really? I, I believe PayPal moved around. Maybe I just made that up or dreamt it up. But <laughs> and sometimes, you know, you confuse them. You start getting old. You confuse well, they should. Reality. But, but in any well, regard here, $68 on PayPal was an absolute steal. It just yeah. got too low. The P down there is, what, 13, 14? What's the P on this thing? Did it really get that low? 13 or 14? Uh, the, the P was 15 last time I looked, Joel. 15 or 16. So what is it now? Let's go to our trusty Benzinga Pro. Mitch, it's a race. I used to do the suspense as well. Race, details, PayPal. Oh. What is the current PE? That's the that's the come down there. a lot. <laughs> I believe the current PE. I have right now 23. 23. 36, so it's come up. So maybe not get down to 15. It got in the yeah. teens. It got the, in the industry teens. average to point out there is 13. So in, in the 15s, it would be really close to that industry average. So Seems like a good bottoming area. Sometimes now, I one wonder thing, where they get these industry averages from what's included in those because well, I don't think just, Ma- MasterCard don't have industry. no PE at 13. What's hey. the PE on MasterCard? Maybe it does. Who knows? Who knows what's <laughs> well, included in that industry out. average? I would have to take a look at what's yeah. all the stocks that are included there. Last time um, I but MasterCard, what I would, 13, what I would call maybe. out on PayPal is that you're going to start seeing a lot of people start calling kind of bottoms on stocks. So I think that what you also got to be looking for is some pullbacks. Don't get too extended on a lot of these because like we just pointed out, it's been a big move already. Where does it pull back to? That's what we need to kind of pay attention to. And also, do we get more negative catalysts in this market or do you start seeing a bottoming? One thing I would pay attention to is ARKK. I've been talking about that low there that it keeps rejecting at 44. Now we're back into the 47 and looking like we're going to take out the highs there uh, that we had on Friday. Um, So I'll be looking at that high to see if it gets taken out, which is 49.34. It's All right, let's three highs at that area. Yeah, they're they're they're. If we take out that, it's going to be looking like Grove City, baby. I know uh, Kathy's going to be singing in the streets. So is let's she keep long PayPal still. Um, PayPal, I think, is definitely still included. Let me just check. I don't right know quick. if she is actually. This, the arc isn't up today, and you'd think if, if she was, you know, some of her funds would be trading higher. I guess no. I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually. I'm not, not sure if she's it. got it anymore. It got it's the, the P got too low for her. She yeah, it's like not an ARKK. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't enough growth. No, she doesn't like low P. She yeah, only buys I high gotta, P. Gotta, let me find something. I got enough growth there. 
Probably supposed to make something with a P, a 13, or 14, or 16. You can't make money on those stocks. Got to buy P's a 90. <laughs> we got Jonathan in the background. Uh, Jonathan. You, yeah, let's yeah, bring Jonathan Corpina. here. All right, let's get Jonathan Corpina, Senior Managing Partner at Meridian Equity Partners. Welcome back, Jonathan. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. Let's go ahead. Let's dive on in. Joel, take lead. Man, oh man, I know you've been in the background here and uh, and listening to what what's going on. And uh, you know, give give you give us your assessment of this rally. I mean, you're down on the floor. You seen the you see the order flow. It just seems like yeah. they're looking <clears throat> for stuff to buy. I mean, and and it also it kind of feels like you have this like rotation where okay, well, yeah, we're still buying value. But yeah, we're going to buy some growth stocks too. So, what are you seeing on the floor? What's the floor view? You know, definitely we're seeing that there's money on the sideline that wants to come into this market. It's just a question of timing. And let's just back up a little bit. We go through a global pandemic. Markets get smoked in 2020, and and we saw the V rally that occurred there. I don't think we're going to see a V rally here, but certainly living through that in a very short period of time and very fresh in our memories. There is that feeling that this market will rebound from it, but it's going to certainly take time. The wall of worry, the worry headlines are certainly in our face and they continue to grow, right? We had Taiwan uh, headlines yesterday that, yeah. that were able to put pressure on our markets, but that was a very quick news cycle. They've got videos of, of Ms. Pelosi waving goodbye and getting on her plane and flying to South Korea now. So that's a that cycle is over with. Uh, but the money has been on the sidelines and every time we see the market rally, we don't find it chasing the market just yet. Um, it, it's more of a pause delay of getting back into this market. So we're seeing these two steps forward, one step back uh, activity that, that's happening here. But as you guys were speaking earlier, the economic data that we're, we're going to get this week and continue to get isn't going to be as positive or, or strong enough to get us where we need to go. Earnings season, numbers are coming in okay, slightly better, but the expectations moving forward those are going to be somewhat tepid. And then we continue to get our geopolitical headlines that are going to put pressure on our markets. I mean, just talk about what's happened in the last 24 hours, China, Taiwan. If there are uh, escalating tensions that occur from here, the yeah. ripple effects, um, Dennis, I think you were saying that earlier, the ripple effects of that would be would be tremendous as far as supply chain, not even as far as you know U.S. involvement, where do we step in, how do we play in this whole thing? So that's, that is certainly something that's, that's playing in our mind. But in the short period also, let's look at where our market has come. S&P over 4,000. I know it's just a psychological level to get through, but we've gotten through there. We're staying above there. Looking at the VIX coming back down, traded as low as, what, 21, 21 and a half. Staying sub 25 at this point, I think, is important. And I think overall mentality is that this market and our economy will get better. It's just going to take a longer period of time than expected. So I want to ask you, Jonathan, do you, with all these, you know, and obviously a lot of un, of concerns that are out there, we could go to China, you can go to still inflation, you can still go to higher interest rates, you can go yep. to the possible recession. With all these concerns out there, we've we've climbed this wall of worry for the last month. Do you think we continue to climb the wall of worry or is it time for a pause and actually some of these worries, you know, turn into fear? Uh, the, the fear it has been in this market. I don't think the fear is as strong as it's been recently. 
we've worked through interest rates, we've walked, worked through mortgage rates, we've worked through the Fed and the, and the Fed rhetoric that we continue to hear. So I do think our trend is going to be higher. Um, there will be some soft periods, unknown headlines that would put pressure on our market. But I think overall, getting through this summer, somewhat this lull period of July and August where there's low volume, higher volatility, getting through these two months, one month is behind us already, is going to be important as we get towards the end of the third quarter and beginning of fourth quarter, more activity is going to come back and more volume to stabilize this market. Money on the sideline is going to be able to uh, be be allocated back into this market as the calendar gets shorter and shorter as the year moves on. It's going to be forced to getting back into this market. So I think overall the trend is higher. We have we have weathered a lot of storms. We're going to have to continue a few of those moving forward. But I think overall um, the, the sentiment will push this market higher. Well, Jonathan, I'd have to ask if you put it on an innings basis, how do you feel this bear market is? I, I think this bear market, we're at like the eighth inning, top of the okay. eighth. Oh. I, I do think that we have some time, like I said before, to, to get through this. And just look at where we where we are today, right? S&P's, what, down 14% on the year. We were down 22 23%. So yeah. just from a Main Street portfolio, opening up your statement at the end of the first quarter, second quarter, and then will soon to be third quarter, that, that trend is moving higher. We are going to continue to, to fight and talk about interest rates and on housing prices and mortgage prices. We're going to have our geopolitical tensions. We're going to have these uh, headlines that cycles that come up like we just did with Taiwan. But overall, I do think um, you know, our, our economy is strong. It is strong enough to weather these storms that we're, that we're fighting right now. And just another thing to continue to throw into the mix here, as the calendar just moves on and on and on, we just keep getting closer to... 2024 election political cycle it's going to be a once we get into january of next year that's going to be a very hot headline uh for for most of 23 well jonathan if we're in that eighth inning or the top of the eighth inning where should we be looking that's going to first rally is it in growth is it in value where should we be watching I think from a longer term perspective, we, we have to look for growth opportunities. We have to look for growth stocks. We've seen a lot of pressure and a lot of volatility in energy. Um, we, we've seen the, the, the financials certainly get battled around with, with interest rates. If you're looking for a safer area to get into, I, th I think you're going to have to start looking for more of those, those growth opportunities uh, to play it real safe. You know, those dividend stocks that, that pay out really well. That lets you sleep better at night is somewhere a better of an opportunity. But I do think, you know, there are some there are some still bumps in the road. But from a longer term perspective, uh, as we get closer towards the end of the third quarter, fourth quarter, we're going to see some more stability in this market. Do you think that with the pendulum's just swinging like too much, like too much, too fast? Like we were like, okay, we're going, you know, we're uncontrollable inflation. We're going to go three quarters. We're going to go three quarters, a point or whatever. And then from the tone of the of the last uh, the last Fed meeting and the way the bonds, you know, it's like like he's a dove. They would like inflation's over. We've defeated inflation. We now are in a recession, so we got to start lowering rates. I mean, is it that really just to me to you a little bit too quick of a pivot? Aren't we somewhere in between there? Yeah, doesn't the pendulum always swing too far too fast? Right? We talk about sure. markets being overbought. We talk about markets being oversold, yeah. and we talk about just reaction, overreactions 
to what's going on. I mean, historically over time, look at look at how our market has uh, or how our economy has survived all these major disastrous headlines um, and, and economic cycles that we've seen. So, yes, I think the pendulum has swung too far. I, you have to let things play out on their own. Right. I mean, in time things will find their, their their space. It's kind of like market and stock prices. The price is the price. The market will find the price and dictate the price. No different than our economy. Our economy will weather some storms here and find where that right parameter is. So I do think the Fed, um, th- th- they have the ability to play, to, to have the cards, to see the cards and play whatever hand they want when they want. There are times when they hold their cards way too long and keep them close to their chest. There are times when they overexpose themselves they do play catch up most of the time. And then once they once they start playing catch up, the market reacts in a way towards that and then tries to anticipate what the next moves are. So I think, you know, the, the Fed has certainly um, made moves. I, I don't fully disagree with their moves. I disagree more with the timing of their moves. They could have they could have piecemealed some of their rhetoric into our, our, our markets and our economy, but they've been swinging their bat pretty big. I think it's time now for them to somewhat take a step back, let the market and the economy run on its own and let us kind of get through the next few months. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm trying to keep the, the bullish cap on. I think that, you know, I, I kind of like the way we're setting up now. There's like a, a, a line in the sand, uh, at least for the S&Ps here, 40 points below here. And there's a roof on there, too. Right. Three tops in a row. Uh, the one thing we were talking about this earlier, in, in, you know, in the show that they kind of pulls me off the bull train a little bit is that you know it's this this the way it's these FOMO stocks and you know this AMTD and triple BY I mean we you know we all know what the results were of that kind of price action in 2021 it took some time to matriculate well how, how do you observe that is that just is that just something that all, us old folks are just gonna have to deal with that there's gonna be short squeezes that there's reddit that there's these these kind of things or is is it is that is that one of a, a warning signal, something that we can uh, you know that we can focus on? Yeah, I, I think we were brought up in the business on fundamental analysis and technical analysis, and this is a whole different category here of, of FOMO stocks. Those stocks are going to swing the way the way that they're that the activity is going to push them, whether it's coming from institutional investors or retail investors or Reddit investors. Um, that activity since COVID has been new to our markets. It's not going away. It's going to stay here. And it's just part of our market activity. Fortunately or unfortunately, whichever side of the, the trade you're on, that's not going to work out well for a lot of people. Um, it's just It just will play itself out. You will see people get hurt. You will see short squeezes occur. You will see uh, stocks that that have significant percentage gains in a single day and then and then topple down right after that. Um, that will will flush out all the 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 newer players into this market or the the amateurs who just want to get on and, and start betting on uh, what they read online. So that that activity is here. It needs to be uh, regulated in a different sense. The technology that we have today and that continues to grow, our rules and regulations aren't up to speed with that. So there's going to have to be uh, the continual process of our of our federal government to keep to keep an eye on that. But those stocks there, it's it's hard. It's fun to watch. Um, to get wrapped up in them is difficult because you you watch you watch some of these stocks move on no news, on no activity, and actually poor performance um, uh, 
moving forward, so, you know, uh, expectations moving forward, but yet stocks move 20, 30, 40, 50%. So I, I, I watch them kind of like a comic strip, but I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I try to stay away from them. Well, Jonathan, I have to ask you about energy because I think it's going to be a big eye on inflation, right? Do we get a peak and then it all of a sudden rises again? How do you feel about energy, especially oil going into winter? Yeah, you look at, you know, oil prices and 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 the spike that we've seen in that. Um, you know, I saw a headline this morning, you know, New York gas prices are getting close to that that $4 a gallon level. Um, and and people are going to people are going to cheer that on forgetting, you know, where where we were a year or so ago. Um, that that certainly is going to play, you know, heavily in in the minds of investors and and on Main Street. What I do like about oil just watching it is that you see the effects of that immediately, right? Oil prices rise. You go to your gas station in your in your local neighborhood tomorrow or two days from now, and you will see that impact immediately. Um, it's something that everyone can relate to, and I think that's why you know we have our our, our president so uh, you know discussing that so so openly and speaking to the American people about inflation and prices and and how that's how that's affecting them directly. I do think we're going to need to get some better cap on on oil prices and how it's affecting everyone. We talked about summer travel, driving, airline prices. You know, the airlines have hedged out a certain uh, amounts of months in front of them. The beginning of the summer season, I think the hedges were in line with prices of where they were three or four months ago. We're starting to see those hedges now, the back end of those hedges catch up and, and ticket prices for airlines are starting to increase. Hopefully, well, with the way oil prices are trading now, we'll see a decrease in that as we get towards the end of the year. But summer travel driving and then getting towards heating oil uh, towards the end of the year, we're going to need some sort of stability there. I do think um, the, the actions that our government has taken in a very short period of time albeit might mask some of the problems will help some stability here it's going to be you know what do we do in november what do we do in december do can we able to keep oil prices in an area where it's it's a um it's palatable for main street you know main street americans for their heating yeah. prices and their gas prices we'll see if we get the stabilization uh stabilization that you're referring to there we'll see what happens jonathan thank you for coming on today gentlemen have a great day thank you very much all right, let's go ahead. Let's keep going. We got a couple more earning stocks to talk about. We got a lot to talk into. Uh, we went to AMD, PayPal. Let's go ahead and touch one that Dennis really wanted to talk about because this is also knowing your environment. Let's go to Solar Edge Technology, SEDG. Um, and I'll give you guys the numbers right quick here. If I can find them here, there's so many numbers I got. All right, EPS coming in here at 95 cents, missing the dollar and 39 cent estimate. Sales at 727.8 million, beating the 725.05 million estimate. I mean, it is a mess here. So the stock's trading down on that. But you also have to consider, even if they beat, it wasn't setting up well because you have ENPH, which just set the bar so high. ENPH making new all-time highs. How many stocks are making new all-time highs? This is all driven from their last earnings report. The direct peer for ENPH is SEDG. So when you enter the earnings season looking at SEDG and saying, oh, it's going to be good too. I'm going to buy this and make money. You got to think about where the bar just went. The bar went from here 
to here because of ENPH. So can they get over that higher bar? Well, they didn't even get over the normal bar. So obviously that's why it's getting hit. But, you know, it's all risk return analysis. And I like to trade earnings reports and sometimes try to make a call going into earnings. A lot of times I don't. But, you know, in this case, it was going to be difficult for SEDG to go up no matter what because it already had such a big run yeah, and they hadn't even said the anything. Yeah, two, it, it ran up 75 points off ENPH and they didn't say anything. So, I mean, it was just, it was up 40% in four days off of ENPH's report. So the bar just super high. But again, you know, even the earnings weren't fantastic. Um, so maybe it was going to go down no matter what. So maybe it's not the best example. But in some cases, it's all, in all cases, it's all about the bar. So when you're trading earnings, it's not about the numbers. It's about the bar. You know, why does AMD sell off on a beat and a beat when we see, you know, Microsoft or I believe it was, you know, Google last week rally on a miss or you know and and that's uh-huh. this about the bar and understanding that the bar has now raised up i mean because we've had the significant rally the bar is now all of a sudden moved up you're not seeing them automatically come and buy stocks on bad earnings some of them are staying in the gutter look at match today down 20 percent. bad report hit i mean and you know rightfully so so a little bit of rational not rationality comes back into this market as that bar comes back up the bar was just so low two weeks ago they can pretty much be buying any stocks, even Walmart, you know, the flat out misses, you know, and boom, they get it all back. I mean, Snapchat's a different story. It hasn't really bounced back, but smaller company that, um, you know, the market cares about. But obviously we know they, they got TikTok problems, but I mean, it's all about that bar. Well, um, one that had, I feel like the bar lowered and it helped it out was SoFi. SoFi for my shout can I just out say, my- can, I, can I just say one thing on SEDG? Yeah, yeah can, of course. Yeah. Looking at this chart, I see it down thirty three eighty one. It's gonna, it's gonna do, it's gonna trade between three hundred and three forty. It's gonna cut maybe I don't know when, but it, it's gonna do some digestion period in here. I don't think it's gonna go straight down. I don't think it's going straight up, but it's got, it's got some work to do. And between, I think you get up three forty. That's not not quite the gap. I'd be a, and then where do you buy this thing on a dip? I mean, yeah, you can rely at rely on the pre market low today, which is well, you can't really can't rely on anything. But the pre market low is three twenty two. Looks like it firmed up a little bit ahead of it. Uh, but I don't know. It's when stocks have you know that kind of move and get near the old time high, then tumble. I just think you got a congestion period coming up. Another consideration too here, there's so many people that are inclined to use their 2020 strategies Uh, in 2022 and people are waiting for the breakout and they're waiting for these stocks and they're like, oh, okay, I'm not going to buy a stock in a downtrend, you know, because, you know, that doesn't work. But now they're starting to turn and they're starting to go up and now they're coming in and buying them. Those strategies worked in 2020. You've got to adapt to your environment. What has worked in 2022 almost perfectly not nothing's perfect but you know it's worked so well is the fade trade it has worked in both directions you know we've talked about the buy the dip the sell the rep i mean during this earnings season mitch this fade trade has been pronounced i mean mm-hmm. the earth stocks get hit on the earnings and they turn around and rip them higher i yeah. mean walmart think about are, you know the boom playing. And then the other way, too, we've seen it with good oil earnings where they've had good reports and they've turned around and sold them off. So, I mean, to turn around and say, okay, well, now this stock's looking good because it's breaking out. This hasn't been a breakout market. This is No, it hasn't, 100%. So, I I mean, you've got to replay. And and one thing I've learned in my 22-year career is what works yesterday 
will not work tomorrow. It's all about changing and figuring it out. And I think my edge and why, you know, I've been successful and making money on a consistent basis for 22 years is I'm always kind of changing to the environment. And once you've been in for 22 years, you've seen a lot of the environments before. It's like, oh, I've seen this before. You know, I've seen the dash for trash come Mm -hmm. in the late cycles of of the bull run. You know, people are talking about what inning are we in in the bear market? What inning are we in in this little recent bull market that we just had for the last five weeks? You know, are we in the eighth, ninth inning of this recent bull run? You know, we might be. Maybe not. But the dash for trash scares me. When I start to see that, that's usually late cycle stuff. So it's all little mini cycles, you know. And as traders, we look at the mini cycles. As a long-term investor, you can look at the big picture. Big picture I don't like right now. But I mean, as little as as in, as traders, you've got to look at those mini cycles. So coming in and saying now stocks are looking good after they moved up 25, 30% in three weeks is the wrong. opposite of what you should be doing. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. <laughs> Backwards. So what I would say there is there's, there's two things also that Dennis said there, the cycle, but also keep in mind the patterns that you're seeing and taking data on this can definitely help because if you have multiple tools in your tool belt, you're going to be able to go to those tools in certain environments. To me, that's what I've been doing is I used to trade more breakouts But lately, I've been trading more inside the range and looking for reversals. Yeah. Um, So like, let's say a hard dip and then catching the dip. They're going back up through the open and then selling it at the highs and not looking for continuation moves. That has not worked well for me, at least in this market. If I'm looking for continuation, a lot of times I end up break even. And so... Um, I'm going to be continuing to look at that. And I think that everybody should do that. Look at your patterns that you play. How active are those patterns working? And when are they not? Because you're going to find there's times when they certain patterns do better than others. And it's so important to catch that. All right, let's keep going. Let's take a look at the SoFi one. And then just shout out to my man, Spencer. This is a Spencer stock. SoFi Technologies here. Let's take a look there on... I feel like it had the bar lowered, so it didn't make it bad. EPS at a loss of 12 cents, beating the loss of 13 cent estimate. Sales at 356.9 million, beating the 346.48 million estimate, and raising full year. Uh, 2022 sales guidance you know dash for trash is on right now i wish i would actually notice the stock it did not participate in yesterday's rally maybe because people were nervous into the print now it's like okay green light so red light green light green light um and so they're buying it here i'd be scared to fade it just for the simple reason is this has been beaten down it's crowded you know on maybe on the bearish side of it i think there's room to eight bucks I don't know if I'm jumping in and chasing it up for that 75 cents, but if I was long it, I think that would be my target. I'm grabbing that target from the May high there back at 804. So, yep. uh, yeah, I think, you know, obviously you can see this little triple top that you might look at 750. Yeah, yeah. little yep. struggle there. And so it's not surprising it's pausing here. Question is, can it get up through there? Get up through that 725, then you start thinking yep. about eight bucks. Yep, there's a uh, good job there, Triple D. There, uh, There's a couple of highs couple of highs here right at uh, seven and a quarter a little bit of a pause and then you also mentioned eight but i see another trio of highs i bet you it's 770 so you know just keep them up good volume it's up you know it's one of these ones where yeah i want to open up hold seven bucks take out seven and a quarter boom 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 just keep on going so that's Who what I, the I, dogs can get, out? I can get uh get rid of this 1981 line that was support but yeah so far 
uh, on the move today. Who let the dogs out, right? Um, let's go towards another one. I see the chat wanted to talk about Airbnb, so let's take a look at those at that earnings they did do. Yeah, that- they announced a share two billion share buyback program. As we continue to see that as being one of the trends, um, and the EPS coming in here at fifty six cents, beating the forty four cent estimate sales at two point one. Uh, billion media, uh, missing the 2.11 billion estimate there. Um, so missing just slightly there, but Airbnb not looking too bad. It's the kind of stock they'll buy on the dip. So yeah. if we go into this dip buy, and again, there's always the risk of a China rug pull here. It's an imminent risk, which could happen anytime. We don't know the timing of that. But if we're going to continue to climb the wall of worry, I think Airbnb is a stock that they will come and buy the dip on. So, um, you know, and it's a stock that I've actually wanted in my portfolio, but it's just valuation again. I'm, I'm so, you know, I'm, you know me, I'm a value stock guy. If you listen to the show for more than two weeks, you know, I'm a value guy. So it's been a tough, but I think I've said before, I think Airbnb can eventually grow into their valuation. I think this is, you know, where we look at this, you know, and obviously there's going to have to be some, you know, reinvention. You can't, you know, there's going to have to, you know, there's going to be competition. I mean, you know, just like it was for Uber, it was Lyft. I mean, there is competition already. But I do think Airbnb is in a good spot. I do think that they're a good run company. I do think people are coming by the dip. I like, yeah, it looks like you, you've, you've bounced so far off the pre market low. I, yeah, it's already, they already have kind yeah, of. Yeah, they've already bought the dip 103.34 uh, on the dailies. Yeah, if you stuck your head out at, well, I don't even, if it really started going into the client, I really wanted this today, either cover short. I, I throw something out there at 104. I think you're not going to get it, but uh, and then uh, if you're looking for more of a rebound on the upside, you got to get through 110. Uh, people that scooped it up on a discount, you know, they say, "Hey, I'll flip it out of 110, take my three, four bucks." So there's uh, there's some parameters for Airbnb. All right, Mitch, I'm going to hop out of here. Uh, All right, yeah, just give a wrap on up here, guys. Like always, definitely check on out, guys. You guys can still go to it, premarketprep.com. You don't want to miss it. August 18th from 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern, three hours with Joel Elkanen, Dennis Dick, and Rob Friesen. Go to premarketprep.com. Use the PMPP10 discount to go ahead and get your 10% discount there. And Dennis, we'll see what happens in this market. It's going to be fun, right? It is, you know, and and again, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, like right now, Bullard just talked for an hour and a half. The market did not sell off. They're not that scared of the Fed talk. He was on an hour and a half. He was on CNBC there. It's either through the interview. They're on to Kramer here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the market actually rallied doing that interview. The, the one worry I have, again, I, I'll say this. If China wasn't, if I wasn't so worried about the China situation, maybe I'm being, you know, maybe I shouldn't be worried about it, but I am. Um, if I wasn't so worried, I would have be buying a lot more stocks right now. But I am worried about it. We've come a long ways. I just think it's still prudent to take. I've been saying this for a week. The buy really hasn't moved anywhere since I've said it, you know, since I started taking profits. And the only problem is we've added a whole new can of worms here with this whole China situation. So I just think it's prudent to take profits here. That's all. And I might be wrong and we may have more room. I do think there's still room to 420, but. I don't want to stick around with the China risk. I always It's always about risk assessment, risk reward. I just see always. an increased risk here right now. And that's why I move to the sidelines as much as I can. It's always about that, right? Uh, risk assessment first, then yeah. we worry about the reward. Um, if we can worry about our risk, we'll probably get a reward. But let's go ahead. Let's get out of here. You have a great one, Dennis. Have a great, Thanks. great day. job.
Let's continue going with live trading that will be coming on next. Lord Ryan, Zunaid, and I want to continue on going with the way that we've been doing it. We killed yesterday multiple of those big runners, AMTD, Triple BY. I was working on some trades also, so I got some swing trades to talk about. We got a lot of earning stocks to cover also. We weren't able to cover them all, so I'm going to go on over to live trading and at least cover five or six more earning reports. So if you guys want to come on over, maybe hear about Starbucks, maybe hear about EA, uh, Under Armour, CVS, Moderna. I'm going to keep watching on these stocks, so come on over to live trading and let's go talk about some of those earnings. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.